This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So we will continue with our premarital counseling that's going on right now. Again, are you ready for the marital state? And my portion of this teaching is God's perspective and God's purpose for marriage. Again, God's perspective and God's purpose for marriage. And again, remember that the audience for this teaching is really for the unmarried people. Right? So that's why it's great to see the folks that are unmarried here. This is really about you. That's what this is tailored for you. Obviously, we can glean whenever the Word of God comes forth, but it's really about you. It really is. And so make sure that you're taking notes, but also applications. Because one thing about these teachings, right, regardless of what season of life you're in, because some people are like, well, they may not be even dating right now. You may not be courting right now. You may not even be looking right now. But one day, you know, like I said, your flavor, your shape or whatever will show up. And then all of a sudden, all these teachings that, you know, you, did, you just took it for granted, now all of a sudden they apply. But, you know, our mentality is it didn't it don't apply to me because we always think we're in it. It's different for me. Right? It's always different for us. You know, but when somebody else is in it, oh, you need to apply this word, you need to go back to the scriptures. You need... But then when you're in it, oh, no, it's different. We got this. Um, so that's why it's good to get this counsel. Get it down in your heart. You know, you don't want to have to go back and flip through your notes when you're in a relationship now. That, am I dating or am I courting? Right? You, you know, you should already know what the difference is. Alright, so anyway, so <clears throat> make, make sure that you unmarried folks Again, press in, but hear this counsel and get it down in your heart. And remember, these things go with the teaching that came before. The Minister Martin talking about why and when premarital counseling, right? You need to know how to choose. You need to know what you're signing up for. You need to know that God hates divorce. And you need to uh, be prepared. All right? And so my objective here is just to go through what God's, discuss God's perspective of marriage and discuss God's purpose for marriage. And so last week we talked about God's perspective of marriage. And marriage, bottom line, should be a reflection between Christ and the church. And you know, that's a so simple statement, but that is so powerful. And, and I'm going to tell you, you ever have a confusion about what, my marriage, what am I going to do in marriage? Think about Christ and think about the church. Christ is called the bridegroom, right? The church is called the bride, the bride of Christ. There are distinct differences between the bridegroom and the bride, right? And there's distinct differences between the husband and the wife. And when you get married, the expectation is you're going to follow this standard in your marriage covenant. You're going to keep it and follow it. And so we talked about that on, on, on last week and got into that. And then we mentioned the God's purpose for marriage is, is to be, and we saw it in Malachi, is it should produce a godly seed unto the Lord. A godly seed. You know, that, that's the purpose. And then, but then we, and then I want to make sure it's very clear because people are in different seasons or states in their life, right? Because then they're like, well, I want to get married to have children. I understand. But you still should be producing a godly seed. In other words, institution of godliness should be seen in your home. You should be producing godliness. That means whatever impact you have for children or, or seeds, it should, they should be a revelant seen in your house as a married couple. Right? And so I think that is so important to understand that. You know, because this is God's institution. We'll get into that in a second. But, but understand, this, you are entering into what God's purpose and plan is for marriage. So regardless of what season you are in when you get married, 
you still should be producing godliness. And those that are in your home should see the godliness in your home. Always. Alright, and so then we talked about the definition of marriage. And marriage is a divine institution. Created by God. Whereby two, rational, free, moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. Again, there's a lot in that statement, right? And we've been going over this for years. Uh, the thing that always sticks out to me every time I read it is the divine institution created by God. That to me is made. God didn't have to give us institute marriage. It's the goodness of the Lord. And that's why marriage is good. Right? And so, and you choose to enter into it with your imperfect self, with another imperfect person. So you better make sure you follow God's guidelines for his institution. See, that's the premarital counseling. See, if you don't understand what God's guidelines are for his institution, then why are you in intermarriage? It's not based on your culture. It's not based on your race. It's not based on where you live. This is not America uh, marriage. Right? This is God's institution. Follow his order. That's why your marriage should be a reflection of Christ and the church. All right, so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. This is really the key scripture for this teaching, for my teaching. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse number 21. The book of Ephesians 5 and 21. It reads, Submitting yourselves, one to another, in the fear of God. See, it all starts and ends with God. you got to reverence God. So that means I'm submitting myself, one to another, in the fear of God. That's why it's so important when you talk about marrying someone. We, Minister Mark went over this as far as preferences versus standards. There's some things you are not compromised. That means the person that your potential spouse married, they got to be born again. You know, they, they got to be. Whatever English you got to, whatever right way to say they had to be born again. Right? And not just on paper, not on some church roll, are you born again. Because if you're not, there's no way you're going to submit yourself to one another to the fear of God. You don't even understand who God is. You're still struggling about who God is. If you're not born again, you're still, you're still struggling where there is a God. What's well, this some divine entity, some deity up in the sky? I don't you have no idea what this is about. So that's why it's so important. Choose wisely. Because once you get married, you figure out who that other person, who they think God is. Because you've got to be born again. He's God Almighty. Alright, so submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And so there, in that, in that passage right there, it mentions wives, and it mentions husbands, and it mentions as unto the Lord. Again, a divine institution, marriage, created by God, that two people, a man and a woman, entered into a marriage covenant. So marriage is between a man husband, and a woman, a wife. Here's a simple definition for husband. A husband is a married man. Get that. A husband. So you say you're a husband, that means you are a married man. Guess what a wife is? A married woman. That's what a wife is. She is a married 
woman. Right? The husband is a married man. And those two coming together in God's institution of marriage. Catch that. Why is that so important? Because in the premarital state, you are not a married man. In the premarital state, you are not a married woman. So guess what that means? Stop acting like you're married. Because you're not. In the eyes of God, you are not married. Even though you may be doing things that married people do. You are not married in God's eyes. So, catch that, premarital. Because everybody, see like when they end up married and in the premarital state, they want to act like they're married. You act like you are a husband and wife. But you're not. You're not in covenant with one another. Guess what? That person doesn't owe you nothing. Right? Even, even in the natural laws, in the state of Texas, they don't owe you nothing. Right? I mean, catch these things. These things are so important to understand. The mentality of, of marriage. Mentality of being unmarried. Right? You don't belong to them like that. They don't belong to you like that. They are not your husband. So when they start putting demands on you, like, wait a minute, oh, 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 I'm not married to you. What demands are you putting on me? When they start saying things to you, like, we need to do, we, we need to what? We, what is this we? We ain't married. Again, we say these things to you, I'm trying my best to take my time for the, simple statements mean a lot. We complicate these simple statements. Stop acting like you're married. Right? You know, so we're, we're living in the same place. So that makes us married. No, because you're living in the same place don't make you married. Not in God's perspective. You're not a married woman. You're not a married man. In, in God's eyes, you know what that's called? It's called sin. And so in God's perspective, you need to repent for the sin that you're in. And here's the thing in God's perspective. Once you get married, it doesn't cover up the sin you had before you got married. You still need to repent from that. God still said that was wrong. In other words, marriage doesn't make your, your, your sin uh, right in the eyes of God. You got to, hey, you better go to God. You better, you're going to answer to God for every deed you've done in flesh. Before you got married and after you got married. Again, our mentality is just off when it comes to marriage. But God knows my heart. He knows our intentions. You know, but God is about actions, not intentions. Right? Your actions show me where your intentions are. So if you are not married, then stop acting like you are married. Again, verse 22. Wives... A married woman, submit yourselves unto the husband, a married man, as unto who? The Lord. You are in a covenant with God. So understand that, you unmarried folk, that's what you are entering into. A covenant relationship with God with an imperfect person. A man and a woman. 
Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Again, your marriage should be a reflection of Christ and the church. So now, here's start getting into the differences, right? The husband is the head. Of who? The wife. So again, the husband and married man, he's the head of that woman that is his wife. He's the head. Head means the ones who are responsible. The responsible one is for, that role is for the husband. The direction of the home is given to the husband. So that means going into the marriage, get these, this is brothers, if that woman already says you're not my head, then that is not the woman for you. I'm talking before you get married. You know, they, you already, you know, I heard Pastor say this last week. The signs are already there about the relationship you're going to have in marriage. The signs are always there. Whether you recognize them, ignore them, or just say you're going to change them, that's neither here nor there. The signs are there. But so I tell you, some women, they straight up like, mm-mm, I can marry you, but you're not going to be my head. What? Then who's going to be your head? I am my own head. In other words, I'm the one doing the leading. Then you need to stay unmarried. Because again, remember, a wife is a married woman. Again, that's why I give simple explanations. Right? A wife is a married woman. Then why are you a wife acting like you are an unmarried woman? Right? And, and that's why it's, it's so amazing. You know, you, 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 when you're unmarried, you want to be married. But then when you get married, you want to be unmarried. Right? Understand the season that you are in. If you are unmarried, then you are unmarried. But guess what? If you are married, then you have a husband you have, that you are responsible for. The answer to. As head. In other words, you can't just do what you want to do. So, wives, understand that. Husband, understand, you are the head. You're the one responsible. For the home. For the direction of the home. You set the tone for the house. Right? And that's why, brothers, if you don't know where you're going, then if you don't know where you're going, then how are you going to say you're ready to get married? See, you should be, you need to do your own self-assessment of where you are before you get married. Right? You're going to bring on a wife into a home that you're responsible for and you don't even know where you're going. And here we are. We're going to just figure it out. Figure out what? Marriage is not something to figure out. Remember, it's God's institution. God's already laid down the guidelines in how things should flow. And then that's why you remember, go back to the teaching, God hates divorce. So you better understand what the expectations are before you enter into it, well, you say you're going to figure it out. Get educated. Understand what you're signing up for. And then guess what? Like brothers, accept the challenge. Remember, God made you a male. He put it in you. you, you you're, hey, you're more than able to lead your home. That's why you're a male. So lead. Get God's counsel. Because again, we see here that the head of the husband is the wife. Well, who's the head of the husband then? I'm sorry, the head of the, the wife is the husband, but who's the head of the husband? Christ is. He's leading you. That means, I, I don't marry a woman that's going to lead you. 
that's called an abomination. That means you need to really, you know, that's why, you know, there's going to be other teachings. That's why the dating and courting phase is so important. Don't circumvent the process. Because you, you'll learn during dating and courting phase what they understand about relationships and role between husband and wife. And then all you got to do is go into their home and see their, their, their parents and see how they operate. Talk to their grandparents. See how they work. I mean, you'll get a great understanding of what you're signing up for with this individual. Because I'm going to tell you, what you're doing now, that dating court, we say before, it's just a game. And you're the players in the game. But when marriage happened, the game is over. You're in it now. And then you realize, I didn't know she even thought like that. And she'd be like, I didn't know he thought like that. Yeah. You thought like that the whole time. All right, so the, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body, or the protector of the body. That means you're the husband. You are the one that's going to be protector of your home. Then, verse, so this, then it gets in verse 24. So what about the wife? Well, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. There you go, wives. Very simple. What is my role in marriage? Subject yourself to your husband. Right? That means let your husband lead and you follow. Wives, guess what women, you married women are signed up to follow your husband. That means where he goes, you go. And get this, who his God is, is now your God. Well, again, going back, that's why you've been married to somebody who's in the Lord. Born again because his God may be his job. And he'll have you all over the country following after his job, his God. But guess what? You signed up for that. But then when you get into it, you're like, well, I ain't going there. I ain't moving there. I'm like, it's amazing. You have all this what you ain't going to do now. But when, when it came down to marriage, you should have said, I ain't marrying you. That's when you should have said, I ain't. Should have showed up before the marriage ceremony. Before, like we played last week, before here comes the bride, you should have said, I ain't. But your mind was on something else. But again, this is God's perspective. Christ and the church should be a reflection of your marriage. So wives, you're going to submit. You're going to subject yourselves unto your, your husband. You're going to follow. And husbands, you're going to lead. You know, that's why being married... Married for a mature man and for a mature woman. You know, that, that is a requirement. You have to be mature. That, again, we say, and we say this to the, to the, the teenagers. always amazing me, you know, talking to the, to the youth, right? Because, you know, they're always like, when am I ready? You know, for them, they ain't, they ain't talking about marriage. They're talking about, I just want to date. <laughs> I just want to go out with the opposite. You know, when am I ready? And we always say, you know, how you can tell when you're ready? Talk to your parents. Your parents can show you what maturity level is, where you are. Right? And, and I'm going to tell you, brothers, talk to your fathers. Have a conversation with them. And again, just ask a simple question. Dad, am I mature? And then I'm going to tell you, your, your, your father going to break it down to you really quick. Right? You know, the trash days come on every Tuesday and Friday. And I still got to wake you up to put the trash out. 
You run out there in your drawers, putting the can to the curve. But you're ready to get married, though. Now, let's go look at your room. The room that you're staying in my house. But you're ready. Let's go in that room. Let's open up the drawers. Let's look and see how you have your underwear laid out, your socks. Or, or this is all thrown in any kind of way. Let's go and leave the bed. Oh, we see leftover plates and bottles and stuff. But you're ready to get married. You're mature. I got you. See, see, here's the wrong mentality, right, for brothers. You're not marrying your mama. That's the attitude you get. You get, well, hey, my wife's going to clean up. Let me tell you something. You, you realize this really quick when you get in marriage. That she, your wife, is a married woman. She is not your mama. She is not going to be picking up behind you. She expected you to be able to do that on your own. She got her own responsibility to do. So, in, in, that's the level. You've got to be mature. All right, so verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You see here, verse 25 through verse 27, it is given direct instruction about how a husband should love his wife. Love. Right? Choose. Teach. Give yourself for them. In other words, you, you should be the one sacrificing for your home. Remember, you brought that woman into your house. And she agreed to come, but remember, you had to have a house for her to come to. And then you should sanctify, cleanse her. With what? Washing of the water by the word. What is the word of God? That's why I mean, hey, you know, brothers, during the premarital and again, the, the dating and courting phase, you, the brother should be washing you then. Did the brother even know a scripture? Can he quote one? Let me ask you, can he pray? Can he even pray over the meal? Let's start there. When we have dinner together, lunch together, can, he, can, can you lead us in prayer over the meal? Then let's move on to other prayers. And then here's the thing that maybe going, you know, if the lady has something going on in her life, maybe she has some things going on with her, with her, with her parents or at a job. You know, what counsel to the, does the guy give you? Is it by the word or is it carnal? Fleshly. Oh, I wouldn't put up with that. You need to get you another job. Or is he pointing you to the Lord? Submit yourself to delegate authority. See, I'm saying these are, nobody looking at these things. <laughs> That's what the husband does. See, you're washing her with the Word of God. Verse 28 So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, even as the Lord, the church. So you see here, again, the relationship between Christ and the church. The Lord loves the church. The Lord, the Lord nourishes and cherishes what? His bride, the church. So that means, get this, ladies. 
the, the man that you're, that you're proposing uh, to be married to, there should never be no verbal abuse. There should never be no physical abuse. These are the signs in the, in the dating courting phase. If you already know that brother has a temper, then why are you marrying him? Let me say it differently. If you do marry him, then why are you surprised when he goes upside your head? And then him apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, I just can't control myself. But you know, you know, you have plenty of control before we got married to get me to the altar to say I do. See, these are the these are the signs you better watch out for. In other words, how do you control when things are not going your way? Here's the thing: if you got anger issues, you need to get some help. And guess what? I'm not your help. I'm not your physical punching bag and I'm not your verbal punching bag. You just ain't going to just come and just dump on me and abuse me verbally or physically. Because you're having a bad day. We all have bad days. And we know what a bad day means. Everything doesn't go my way today. So now I'm going to take it out on, because I ain't going to take it out on the, you know, the other folks that should say something too because I don't want to lose my job. Right? But I'm going to come home and just boom, dump it on you. And again, you know, in the dating court phase, they stay with their parents. The parents don't even want to hear about that. So in other words, you ain't coming home and telling me what bad day you had. I'm like, boy, you just getting started. Bad days. How long you been at that job? So they ain't bringing that stuff to the house either. So guess what? It comes on you. In your dating court phase. Why are you acting like you married? Here he is dumping all this stuff on you. How hard it is. And nobody understands. And here you're thinking, now this is going to be my husband one day? That's going to leave my home. And again, you notice, we ain't mentioned children yet. We're just talking about you and him. Or you and her. Not even children in this picture. Y'all going to struggle with just y'all two. So again... There should be no verbal, physical abuse. My relationship, marriage represents Christ in the church. What happens if you do something wrong? Correct it and move on. We go on and on and on and on. And here's the thing about correction and move on. You know what moving on means, right? I'm not going to keep bringing up and up again what you did. I'm letting it go. See, I'm telling you, you better learn these things lesson now before you get married. Because I'm going to help you out, brother. You, the women, they don't forget nothing. 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 So it don't matter, hey, they'll bring it up. And, you know, ladies, they, they, like I said, they incubate things, and then, they, hey, they know how to just mold over, and then they bring it up right at the right time, the right moment. Just to show you, just put you in your place, like, boom. There it was, just drop it on you. And walk away. And then now you got to deal with it. Because, of course, what they're saying to you is right. But now you got you know, and then you got to go back and try to prove yourself. No, I've, I've changed. I'm, I'm better. I, I. They're like, actions, brother. Show me actions. Get that. Show me actions. Stop your talking. Show me. That's what marriage is all about. 
Christ reflecting the church. And Christ showed his actions. He showed how much he cared for the church. See, this is preparation, man. To get to a married man state, you better be ready to bring forth those actions. Ready to sacrifice. Ready to commit. For a lifetime. Verse 30. For we are members of his body, and of his flesh, and of his bones. Verse 31. For this cause, I like that, they're saying all that. He says, for this cause, a man, (coughs) shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So now if you got past all, everything else, now you can get to the leaving, and cleaving, and becoming one flesh. But if you hadn't prepared yourself ahead of time, the, your relationship with marriage is going to be a, relation, uh, a reflection of Christ in the church. There's no leaving and cleaving. You, you still got work to do. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Where the statement comes for Genesis chapter 2. Get into this some more. Genesis chapter 2. Because of this call, still a man. Leave father and mother. A man. Not a boy. A man's going to leave. Genesis chapter 2. Let's start at verse 23. Genesis 22. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 says. And Adam said. This is now bone of my bones. And flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, verse 24, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, let's, let me just say these, these things again, being simple, right? Again, Adam in verse 23 says, now <laughs> she is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman. Woman is a man with a womb. That, that, that's what a woman is. That means a man doesn't have a woman. Why am I saying this? Because a marriage between a man and a woman. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Okay? And get this. Two men are not married. Not in God's perspective. Not in God's eyes. Don't care what the state says. Or whatever the country says, this is God's institution. All right. So you have a man with another man and want to get married. That is not God's order. And understand this: before the question even comes, well, does this teaching applies for us that are homosexuals want to get married? No. No. What message is it for y'all? Repent. And receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you are a female and you are dating another female, we're not talking to you about premarital counseling. Or you are male, dating another male, we're not talking to you about premarital counseling. This message is not for you. We're just trying to get to know each other. Get to know the Lord. And then watch your life change. 
Right? And so, want to make these things perfectly clear. We, and that's why I went to verse 23. Um, there's a difference between a man and a woman. You know, I, I recently was able to go with my wife. She had, uh, you know, every year you have your annual checkups. And, you know, and I like to go because I like to hear first, firsthand. Again, going back to, you know, marital things. Right? And so I like to hear, the, you know, I like to hear the doctor say, anyway, I like to hear it firsthand. Let me just say it like that. Especially since Hayson ain't in here. So let me just say it like that. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there and she'd already had her blood work done. All the, you know, all the, you know, this is the, the consultation after the tests come back. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening. And I hear all the things that the doctor's saying to my wife. And they're getting detailed. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like just blown away. And then, and then my mind goes back to these teachings. You know why I'm blown away? Because there's things about my woman, my wife's body, that I can never relate to. Let me say it again. I can never be a woman. I can never feel like a woman. Never. Because the plumbing inside of a woman's body, I don't have. And doing that consultation, they went through all that plumbing. And talked about where the plumbing is. I don't have any of that plumbing. And I cannot relate at all. I, can relate. I can't relate to that. I can hear it, understand it. And then I see my wife over there and she's talking to, again, the, the, the doctors of female. And they're going back and forth and sharing things. It has nothing to do with me. Right? And so I realize, right? Again, there's always these moments. You know, God made us different for a reason. So embrace the, the, the difference for purpose sake. In other words, I'm not trying to combine. I'm not trying to act like a woman and a woman acting like a man. You cannot. You physically can never, a man can never physically be a woman. A woman can never physically be a man. Well, I got some hormones. It's more than just hormones. Go see the doctor. <laughs> it's more than just hormones. It's more than just, oh, I like a certain color. It's more, please. I, I, I'm, I'm more in the kitchen and I'm not an outside person. So I, that has nothing to do with nothing. That's just your preference. You are not a woman. Are you not a man? Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a woman, but I really like my hair short. I really don't like all that hair. That... That don't make you masculine. I like wearing pants. I just don't like wearing dresses. That don't make you man. You, you're not a man. So why, why do they say these things? Because in these pre-marital, premarital classes, you better be sure of who you are. Simple, right? You are a woman or you are a man. There is no in-between. Again, you don't believe. You go to the doctor, and they'll put up the female plumbing. They'll put up the male plumbing, and you'll see. Oh, I'm not that plumbing. That's right. So that's why I say these things, right? Because you know I, I, the Bible. You know God is God is not playing. You know there was a Simon that our pastor gave us to go read. I hope y'all read it. Genesis 19. 
I don't know why I'm going. Stop fooling around with homosexuality. God is not playing when it comes to homosexuality. It's not like God's hating you. He hates the sin. He's trying to get you out of that. But there's going to come a time where judgment's going to hit for all of us. And you better make sure that you have settled those issues when it comes to homosexuality. Unless fire and brimstone hit your way. God is against that. So, you know, don't try to change God when it comes to the plumbing he gave you. It's against nature. It's against his order. So in these teachings, again, talking about a man and a woman, a married man and a married woman, we're not talking about homosexuals. What rights do they have? They have the right to get saved. There's no marital rights here in God's eyes. All right, so again, verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. All right, so now let's talk about that, there sh- that this man shall leave. Right, I like this man shall leave. So when it says a man shall leave his father and mother, there's an independence that's involved in separation from their parents. Again, premarital teaching. Understand this. Men, males, there should be a separation from your parents. That separation is called an independence. You know what independent means, right? You're not dependent. Right, so when you're independent as a male, separating from your parents, this separation includes your independency when it comes to physical separation, Financial separation, emotional separation. Did I say financial separation? Yeah, financial separation from your parents. Emotional separation from your parents. Physical separation. That's the man leaving. And let's start with emotional. What does emotional separation mean? In preparation for those that are premarital, right? In that unmarried state. That means... Do not involve your parents in your marriage arguments or issues. Why is that emotional? Because once you start telling, if you are a wife and you start telling your parents about how your husband is don't do or what he does do, all of a sudden you bring them in emotionally. The tie is brought in. Right? In other words, you know, Dad, mom, you know, she, you know, as a husband, right, you say, well, you know, she don't cook all the time. And then here come mama, right? Mama and the boys. What do you mean she don't cook all the time? She ain't doing, what's she, a lazy thing? She ain't, here we go. Like, you, brought, you done brought her in. And then now when she see her, see, it's on. There should be an emotional separation. That means, guess what? When you get married, you're married. That is your wife. That's your husband. Those issues, you work them out. Why? Because it's a reflection of Christ in the church. Now, if y'all were to kill each other, yeah, you need to tell somebody. But we're talking about just marital things. 
You know what I'm saying? What I mean? You will when you get married. You don't pick up behind yourself. Oh, she don't do this. All that she don't, he don't, nothing. Don't want to hear it. Right? Because when it was time to hear that counsel was during this time. Because, you know, as a man, again, before you got married, you didn't say nothing about her. It's really, you know, we got a pro- uh, Well, you know, does she cook? Ah, uh, you know, she fixed a few things. You know, before you get married, it's amazing. Well, does he have a job? Yeah, he goes in. I think I see him with a badge or something. I think he works somewhere. So, that's the time to have the discussion now. Before you get married. When you get married... Emotional separation needs to happen. And this goes both ways, parents. Here's the eye-opening thing that the Lord spoken to me. I, I heard him clearly. Premarital is for the parents, too. This teaching... Parents, you need to prepare yourself to let go. <laughs> what I mean by that? Again, you give your children, your, your, your son, your daughter counsel on this side, but once they get married, I am not getting into that. So that means if your, your daughter or your son comes to try to tell you things about their wife, I don't want to hear it. You know, Minister Marshall, that was your choice. You know, put whatever word in front, but it's your choice. And we talked to you about your choice before you made your choice, but guess what? You made your choice. So I don't want to hear it. The only thing I want to hear about is how good a choice you made. Because every time I, I, you know, every time I see or, or see here, you know, hey, that was your choice. She's the best daughter of all I've ever seen. That's all, that's, that's all I need to hear. Emotional separation. I'm not getting in it. I'm, you know, I'm not giving them unsolicited counsel either. You know what unsolicited counsel means as parents, right? In other words, you see things that are going on and you're like, well, I need to tell them about that. No, hey, brother, if you don't see it, I ain't got nothing to tell you. That's your marriage. I'm a, let the Lord speak to you. I'm not falling into, you know, because you're going to start choosing sides. Now you're emotionally entangled into your children's marriage. No. Separation needs to happen. See, parents, prepare to let them go. Remember, that's part of the ceremony. Back to the wedding. Here comes the bride. The part of that ceremony that someone said, who gives this woman to, the, to this man? Right? And then the father's like, go on, girl. It's all you. Just remember that. When that man comes back and says, oh, this woman, look. Remember, I said, I, I gave it to you. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about my daughter. I tried to tell you about it before I, you married her, but, you know, y'all said love conquers all, so let love conquer it all. We were so glad to get that girl out of the house, we didn't know what to do. I keep telling you, your parents got, your parents have plans. And you just fed right into their plans. They look at each other like, somebody actually married her. <laughs> wow. It's like, praise the Lord. Or somebody actually married him. Woo. So, hey, they, that's why the locks changed. Like, you are not coming back here. They're like, the last thing you're going to do is come back to the house. You know, that, that's called the physical separation. You're not coming back living with us. You married. So, again, 
Understand that going in, this is premier, this is time where you need to have the discussions. Right? Let your parents know. Parents have that discussion with your children. I don't want to hear nothing about my, my daughter in law or my son in law. Don't want to hear it. I'm not getting into that. Like I said, if there's other things going on, again, you know, like I said, balance. I'm like I said, you know, there's something really going on. Obviously, you need to step in. And they need separation there. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm just talking about petty stuff. You know, you know like just petty things. And those, again, when you get married, you, you know, married folks know what petty is. And we don't even talk about when the children come. Again, again going back to this emotional uh, separation. You know, for me personally, I love being a grandparent. You know, I love being a grandparent. When I see my granddaughters, right, I can hug them and kiss them and bring them back to their parents. There's a level in between me and them. And I do not go below that level. So they act a fool with them. They act a fool. I'm like, you put up with that? But I, I just know how to love and I give, give, give Papa a kissy. I just get kissy all day long. But all that other poo-poo stuff, that's... That's your responsibility. The day-to-day grind, baby, that's you. That's what you signed up for. I can, I can separate it. Because I'm a grandparent. You know, some things, you know, some things in life you actually earned it. You know, I can put my chest out. Stay, hey, no, I, I, I'm a grand. You know, you earned that. So guess what? I'm going to act like a grandparent. Because that's what I am. My parenting days, when it comes to you, you know, and my sons are like, that married my head. You married. You a married man. I'm a grandparent. So whatever's going on with how raising your, your children is, that's between y'all. The thing I'm a minister to my grandchildren is the things of God. That's my sole purpose. And I'm gonna end there. God is faithful. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.